Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas. And today we're in the food space. You guys are going to love this new brand, new brand to me at least, Chi Kitchen. Um, on the podcast today is my new good friend, Minnie Lung. Many, it's so great to having you on the podcast. Hey, Justin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm I so excited know. to talk to you. I am too. I can't wait to dive in. Um, I had so much fun like learning about your product. Um, and I've got so many questions, and I, I, I don't even want to go quite there yet, because I, I know we'll, we'll hit that in a few minutes. But let me do this first. So um, I love unpacking and exploring our guests' path, you know, career path in life. And um, I'd love for you to share, and I've read some of your story, but share some of your own backstory about your coming to the U.S. and then also like launching this brand. Sure. Um, so I was born on a beautiful rice farm in the Mekong Delta, Vietnam, and I moved to the United States, specifically to Boston, um, when I was around three years old with my father. And um, I eventually uh, went to elementary school in Rhode Island, which is where Chi Kitchen is currently based. And I just grew up in a really uh, competitive, food-centric family is the best way to describe wow. it. Okay. Um so everything was centered around food. And back when I was growing up, we it was really difficult to find um, good quality Asian ingredients in the grocery stores. Um, luckily, that has changed a lot. But growing up, I, um, you know, we gardened, we fished, we made our own foods, our own ferments. And that's really kind of how it started my love of food. Professionally, I, I mean, I studied English in college and, uh, you know, Wanted to write the great American novel. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> instead, I started working in restaurants, and I was always gravitated towards the food. I ended up um, working in restaurant marketing, writing about food, whatever I could do to stay to involved in the with food, food space. and wow. earn a paycheck. Um, I moved to Los Angeles, where I was a private chef, and then eventually became a chef at a tech company. Um, wow, that's kind of cool and different. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, and that while I, they built a really, what I learned about working there is they built an amazing culture for the employees, hence having a chef. I made a lot of kimchi, shopped right. locally. Um, so those were my first guinea pigs on mass producing kimchi. And um, that company actually ended up being sold for almost a billion dollars wow. while I was there. <laughs> wow, and so that's amazing. I always, I always like to say, you know, having that food and that culture was a, was some part of it. So, um, my husband and I, you know, wanted to start, my husband was an entrepreneur as well, and he was working on a green energy, um, business in California. And so I, um, when he ended that, I said, Oh, it's my turn. <laughs> right. So we kind of took turns being entrepreneurs and, uh, we, I wanted to start a food company. That's I so really cool. wanted to start a healthy Asian food company. Got it. 
Wow, that's really cool. Um, so that's awesome. So you came up somewhat in the industry on your own with your family. You were obviously an expert if you were a chef. I mean, like in at the big tech company and restaurants. So you definitely understood that part. So I can totally get like how you would come up with the mixes and the different like the flavors and putting things together. Um, you solve for that. So you decide to start your own business. How did you go from okay, I'm doing this for a tech company or at home or for friends and whatnot um, to actually packaging up? product that's like saleable because it is different right i mean just because you can do it in the kitchen doesn't mean it translates to a, a jar for example yeah absolutely so when we made that decision um we i quit my job <laughs> packed up my family <laughs> nice. um and moved back to rhode island uh where there's a wonderful uh food scene and i thought it was in the perfect location too because we're on the 95 corridor so we have you know some big markets uh, sure. not far from us and so i started in an incubator kitchen just making you know small batches of um kimchi yep to start with um and then really what we've focused on because you're right it, it's not just about the great flavors but it's being able to create and produce uh, a product consistently and particularly the reason why we started with kimchi is because it's we wanted to do a healthy asian food company and we said what's the healthiest asian food out there and right away we said kimchi Got and it. for those who don't know it's a live fermented food and um there's lots of packaging challenges with it um there's a lot of challenges with that and my husband thought i was nuts but, <laughs> right <laughs> but i said hold on a minute if we can get good at manufacturing this amazing kimchi we can do any product wow. so it's taken a lot I really now, I started a, you know, I wanted to start a food company. And then as I was progressing along in my, our journey, I realized we're a CPG company, uh, which I, I didn't know about, yeah. you know, <laughs> right. before that. And now uh, we really look at ourselves as manufacturers because totally. we, we manufacture our own products. That's exactly and what you do. Yep. So, and we talked about this before we hit record. I mean, this is the industry that like, in my day job, I, I work with a lot of big brands. And what I think is so fun is seeing new brands like yours, you know, coming into the space and, and finding a place and making a mark. Yeah. And, you know, it's like I didn't really think of myself as a manufacturer because I don't have a ton of equipment. You know, we still uh, our processes are very largely handcrafted. It's very artisanal. But we um, I, I work with manufacturing. Um, lean manufacturing. So we bring that approach to that continuous improvement approach. And it doesn't mean that you need to have, you know, lots of expensive equipment. We frankly, we, you know, we don't have the re resource for that. And honestly, sure. I think it makes our product better the way that we do it. Um, that's really cool. So when did you know, okay, we have something here? Like, again, so you go, you're working with the kitchen back in Rhode Island, like to, to be able to test and put product together. When did you know, okay, I think we have something that people might buy? Well, so we started an incubator kitchen and right away I realized, oh, in order to scale up, we're going to need our own kitchen. So right. six months <laughs> into it, I started researching kitchens. and. Um, and then about six months later, about a year, we moved into our first kitchen that we built out. Um, and I think like one of the things, well, one of the things that happened was that we went to, we got invited to some business event. We didn't have our labels yet. Um, got I it. I printed them out on a, on, you know, on my co copier, <laughs> oh cut my them God. out 
glued, uh, you taped them to taped the jar. Them to the jar, right? This guy comes up to us and says kimchi because that's the reaction you get from right. people who love kimchi. He looks like a lumberjack, and I'm like, who is this dude? And he said, <laughs> I love your packaging. Oh my and gosh, so, you're like, I printed this at home before <laughs> exactly. I came over so, here. So my husband and I were just kind of like laughing about that, and, and then. He, uh, we gave him a sample and then he gave me his card. He said, Hey, I'm the local buyer at Whole Foods. If you ever want to be in Whole Foods, oh. give me a call. Wow. So several months later, we ended up in Whole Foods. Prior to that, we were um, selling at the farmer's market, literally one jar at a time, which yep. was a great way to get the feedback. And, uh, you know, we still do it to this day to, you know, test new products and have that interaction. And I think, you know, we just really were able to build like a loyal following by giving out samples and engaging with our customers. Wow. That's so cool. Uh, so Napa kimchi, vegan kimchi, sesame slaw. Interesting. Kimchi pickles. So, uh, and you've got a line going here. I think that's pretty exciting. Um, what was first? Were the, did you go out with all of these or was it kind of the, the like the Napa kimchi? For, like, what did that look like? Like when you started? So we started with kimchi, uh, the Napa kimchi. It has fish sauce in it. Um, and then we really wanted to challenge ourselves to make a really robust vegan kimchi that had the same umami. So uh, we, we literally started with those two skews for the first five years we we're in business, which is kind of unheard of. But like I said, we have been focusing for the last five years on our manufacturing, our quality. Sure. Absolutely. Laying down that infrastructure. Um, and then during this last year, during the pandemic, we launched the two additional products, the fermented sesame slaw. It has wasabi, ginger, and sesame. Um, it's a beautiful pink color. It is, yeah. <laughs> and then the kimchi yep. pickles are, they're fermented pickles. So they're loading, loaded with probiotics. They have those nice spicy kimchi flavors. And what I love about that product is that you can drink the juice or make it into Bloody oh Mary. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, people are loving that. But um, yeah, I mean, we only just doubled our line right. in this last year, which um, is, is crazy. And along with that, we launched an e-commerce um, channel I so people that. can order it and yeah. have it shipped directly. But the, two, the exciting thing about these two new products is that there's absolutely nothing like them on grocery store shelves. Right. It seems so unique. It is completely unique. You you won't find any products like them anywhere. And so what with these addition of these two new products, we are the only uh, cultured uh, fermented vegetable brand that uh, focus, focuses solely on Asian flavor profiles. Got it. Wow. That's really, really cool and a great niche. So what's key to growth? Like what's next in terms of growing the brand, getting more penetration, finding more consumers? Like how are you thinking about that? Well, we are looking to expand outside of New England. We're in stores all over New England. Uh, we launched the e-commerce channel to make it available to, to outside of the region. Um, we want to, you know, work on getting some distribution outside of the region. We know we wanted to wait until we knew that we wanted to take that step before we, we right. did that. Right. And like I said, we've been laying the foundation. We, we have 
everything there right now. We, uh, you know, we have a lot of capacity. And then I think, you know, down the line, I'm kind of interested in um, developing other products. Um, they might not necessarily be fermented products. We're not sure yet. Um, but I, I am very interested in developing products that have those Asian flavor profiles, taste delicious, and are really good for you. I'm kind of really interested in the frozen space. Mm, interesting. Okay. Right now. Um, and, and I don't think that we would ultimately manufacture that we're good at what we do with the fermented Asian veg Asian flavored vegetables, but right. you know, um, that would probably be for, a, another manufacturer. Yeah. But, like we've been, we've, we have a rubric now, you know, on right. how do we develop products? We have a great brand. Um, and yeah, I love the logo and the design too. Really, really Yeah. Cool. The guy nice. that designed it was my cousin's roommate. <laughs> he went to race day. Nice. <laughs> I wanted to do all these Zen swirls, chi, <laughs> right. you know, energy life force things. And he said, no, absolutely not and uh <laughs> it's clean i like it and, it looks really and i sharp. like it too because yeah. i think it really contrasts it's so accessible it really contrasts with the complexity of what's actually in the jar right it's so true uh, yeah, yeah because it looks like craziness in the jar and then you've got this clean like straight you know logo um you mentioned earlier some of the unique aspects of um packaging fermented product and whatnot like t talk to our audience about what that means like what did you have to solve for that was unique about you know putting this kind of product in yeah. in packaging so we hand pack everything and um we hand pack it cold so what happens is the vegetables get fermented they're in a temperature you know temperature controlled room um and then we move it into cold storage it's once it's fermented it's alive it's going to continue to ferment um sure you know the flavors are going to change the texture might change so um we wanted to take all of that into consideration so we pack it cold by hand uh in the beginning i was thinking i'm giving my customers more for their money it turns out like if you don't give enough headspace for the to it, it gets, they do get more for their money and i would get emails about that um yeah, i'm sure it has to be maintained cold in the cold chain it, right and you know sometimes you know it's like um it has co2 gases from the fermentation and so sometimes you know like opening a, a kombucha or soda right that so we try to do our best to mitigate that we of course we can't do it a hundred percent, but, um, I I'll tell you, I don't get as many of those emails anymore. <laughs> right. So maybe um, some of the adjustments and, worked. <laughs> and it's just also a matter of just educating consumers. Like, right. yeah, it's totally fine. If that happens, just be careful when you open it, uh, make sure you put it in the refrigerator. A lot of people will buy stuff from the refrigerated section and forget and ah, leave it out. Interesting. Got it. So, yep. Um, put it in the pantry. Yeah, but I would, it's not shelf stable. Say, <laughs> no, I mean, no, it's, right. It's, I, I won't get into it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I get it. That's really cool. Um, and then what about in terms of marketing? How have you guys built your brand? Have you done anything? Like, have you had to use social or has it been word of mouth? Like, what does that look like? I mean, I think the most effective is letting people taste it. So we were doing a ton of sampling. And of course, because of the pandemic with our new products, we haven't been able to do that. And because they're so different and unique, you know, we do have to do more, you know, information around that. Um, so that's one thing we do a lot of, um, you know, podcasts and try right. to get the word out. Hey, that's get why that, we're here. Um, 
that media and you know social our socials organic um and we do a lot of you know because I, I am a chef and i have that background i do a lot of education around teaching how to use the product recipes um i worked with a marketing company to launch our website totally so what what's happening right now is that is a big focus on marketing for us because we realized that we have a captive audience our sales have grown during the pandemic because people want these healthy flavors and are you know shopping and cooking more at home and i and i was just like we have to invest you know in right, this right now's now. the time strike while the iron is hot like and totally. kimchi is really hot right now that's amazing. Um, I love to ask our guests, like, you know, what they've learned in their experience of growing and launching a brand, especially in the food space. What would be two or three pieces of advice you'd offer or two or three of the biggest lessons learned that you have um, experienced, you know, going through uh, launching this brand? Um, I would just say, like, know what you are, what you're really doing, what your core business is, what you're really good at. I think for me, having making that shift from just, you know, the big food space to CPG to manufacturers really helped me, you know, focus and, you know, find out the resources that I need. So that's one thing, particularly in food, because it's so, so broad. Sure. Um, I would say really... Um, you're probably going to need to raise some money <laughs> right. if you want to grow your business and, right. you know, get used to it, I guess. And, you know, and, it, you know, get used to it, get used to talking about your, you know, yourself, uh, which is not, you know, always the most comfortable thing for me. Totally. I don't mind talking about the here. <laughs> I, I mean, it's like I have an alter ego when it comes to talking about the product, uh, got you it. know, <laughs> Um, but I'm pretty shy actually. And I don't know. I just think have fun with it. Like the thing that I love about doing this is every single day is different. And it's like, you know, I'm covered in kimchi one day. I, you know, <laughs> I'm meeting the vice president another day. I am, right. you know, on zoom cool. or doing podcasts so cool. and just yeah. having fun, fun with it. That's amazing. Yeah. I had, I had heard and read that story. How did that happen? Um, it was interesting. I got like drips of information, very vague stuff. Something might happen. We don't know what it is. We don't know when or where, <laughs> but could you make yourself available? And I guess this is another lesson is like, I always say yes. And then think about it later. <laughs> nice. <laughs> think when, when people ask things of me. And so, you know, this is an instance where saying yes, you know, led to a well, really great cool. opportunity. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. That's, that's a great piece of advice in itself. Um, share with our audience where they can find you, connect with you, buy the product, uh, the brand, etc. Sure. It's at www.chikitchen.com. That's just easy. <laughs> I love it. Um, this has been so great meeting you, Minnie. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We want to stay in touch and have you back on down the road as you grow your footprint and more retail stores and online. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you, Justin. It's been really fun. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.